G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. 2020, bringing a biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Weekdays on UCB's Vision Radio Network. Find out more at vision.org.au. Well, on April the 7th, it'll be the 20th anniversary of the dreadful Rwandan genocide. Uh, The Hutus that rose up against the Tutsis. The deaths of more than a million people and 300,000 of those children. Well, there is some commemorations that are coming up on the weekend, April 6th and 7th. And the Reverend Tim Costello, who's the CEO of World Vision, is on his way to Rwanda to be a part of those commemorations. He's joining us today. Hello, Tim. Welcome back to 2020. Great to be with you, Neil. Tim, uh, this is an invitation that came out of the blue. You'll be representing World Vision, and I guess you'll also be representing Australians uh, when you go to those commemorations in Rwanda. Yeah, absolutely. So World Vision uh, has been in Rwanda for, well, over 30 years, lived through the terrible genocide. Um, We had staff both lost and affected. uh, When nearly a million people died in eight weeks, there was uh, virtually no one who was left unaffected. And um, to now uh, both remember and to reflect on uh, where that nation is, the healing that has taken place, the reconciliation, the justice, and to say um, never again is very, very important for World Vision because we're in Rwanda. We're doing health and education and clean water and uh, microfinance. So... Really, we are part of the uh, the fabric of Rwanda, and this is a very important occasion for World Vision. Every year, Tim, there's a national period of mourning, and undoubtedly it'll be in the middle of that period of mourning that you'll be there. Uh, what are you anticipating when you arrive there for those commemorations? Well, I had a little foretaste of this in um, August last year. So we had a young Rwandan whose family were affected, killed in the genocide, uh, living in our home here in Melbourne. And uh, he uh, had the joy of uh, meeting uh, a Rwandan girl, um, her own family uh, out in Belgium, and he fled. And the wedding uh, being in uh, Kigali, Rwanda, my wife and I being uh, Papa and, uh, if you like, Nana, um, going to that wedding and uh, it was a joyous occasion but it was equally a very sad occasion because at that wedding are many family members who should have been there who weren't there because of the genocide and just the emotion and joy and grief uh, love and loss all mixed up together was uh, a very very intense emotion for my wife and I to to observe so um, going back and knowing this is really now the 20th anniversary will be a very important time for me. Tim, the work of World Vision in Rwanda after the genocide, of course, uh, up to a million people killed, 300,000 children. Of course, the number of orphans that were left without parents and without any guardian and without any care at all, uh, that was one of the big areas that uh, organisations like World Vision would have needed to work with at the time. 
Absolutely. I mean, it was horrendous. Uh, when a society is ripped apart like that, and, uh, you know, the, the terrifying thing was the sheer speed and malevolence when you think it was machetes and axes and stones. It was uh, far less guns than that. Now, to kill someone with a machete, I don't need to describe the horror and the extraordinary uh, violence and violation. Now, um, in so many ways, the trauma isn't just now seeing Rwanda back on a, a pretty good economic keel. Um, in some ways, uh, when you go to the capital, Kigali, it's, the roads are good, uh, it's safe. My wife left a, a credit card by mistake in an ATM, and uh, half an hour later, someone found it, tracked us down, handed it back to us. That wouldn't happen in Nairobi. That wouldn't happen in most other African countries or even in Melbourne. Um, so here is a nation that um, has done extraordinarily well economically, but the trauma, the emotional scars of that deep, deep violation or just the way people died um, needs remembering, still needs healing, uh, and that's why I'm going. Tim, we know that many of the aid organisations like World Vision around the world come from a Christian foundation. Uh, that Christian set of values, that Christian love, has that played any sort of role that you can identify in the re reemergence of the nation of uh, Rwanda? Yeah, look, at a very deep and at a very profound level because the charge made in Rwanda was uh, this was the most Christian nation in Africa. Um, I remember growing up in Sunday school and uh, Rwanda uh, was held up by missionaries as the place where the gospel had succeeded most. Uh, we were very proud of Rwanda and the spread of the gospel. And uh, what we saw was tribalism that uh, uh, dominated, overwhelmed the gospel, that... Uh, created identity markers, boundary markers between Hutu and Tutsi, when um, the gospel says in Christ neither Hutu or Tutsi, neither Jew nor Gentile. So at a very profound level, the church had to say, do we really understand the gospel? Do we understand that we are converted, not just into uh, a tribal Christianity that when violence uh, breaks and the tribal buttons are, are pushed, that we are one in Christ. So for World Vision, who staff are Christian, and for our mission, which is a Christian mission, it has been certainly part of the reflection at a very, very deep level about what it means to really follow Jesus, to be Christian. And Tim, there's some deeper aspects too. When we think of World Vision, we're thinking of children being sponsored, uh, children being loved and cared for. But there are different levels too that World Vision's at work in, areas of uh, high-level diplomacy uh, to, uh, to make sure that uh, these sorts of things don't happen again. Absolutely. So uh, we have had some shaping of that reconciliation process. Uh, when... You are the biggest aid organisation in the world when it comes to development, 45,000 staff around the world. And uh, in Rwanda, we're certainly the biggest. That means the uh, access to the political elite and the business elite and those who are set policies is a very good access. So World Vision has uh, had a voice to match its size. Uh, so at one level, 
It is the cup of cold water offered in the name of Christ, and that's good news. Equally, it's the uh, prophetic voice to say, how are policies set? How is language uh, around tribes uh, deflated to make sure this never happens again? That's part of World Vision's advocacy and, and Christian message. Well, Tim, when you attend those commemorations on the weekend, April 7th, the 20th anniversary of that Rwandan genocide, as you're there representing World Vision and, of course, Aussies, I know you'll be carrying the thoughts and prayers of listeners who are tuning in and hearing our conversation from all around the nation. And we certainly hope you have a very constructive time as you are attending those commemorations. Tim Costello from World Vision, thanks very much for being with us again today on 2020. Great to be with you. Thanks, Neil. Like what you've just heard? There's more great podcasts or you can listen to us live at vision.org.au And remember, Vision is listener supported. Your donation of any amount will help us continue connecting faith to life. Learn more or donate today at vision.org.au